Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler of the Draft Network. In the fourth straight Monday, we sit here of a loss following Washington's 21-17 loss at FedEx Field yesterday to the Tennessee Titans. But today feels different than the last few, in the last few weeks. It's a day where frustrations are boiling over. There is no light at the end of the tunnel, seemingly. I don't know where to go with this football team. After what was yesterday a better first half from the Commanders, on both sides of the ball, we'll get into the positives, but we have to focus on the negatives, unfortunately, and where to go with this football team. Because from the top down, we talked about it a lot on here, putting players in a position to win football games. From a game script standpoint, how the game flow was yesterday, Washington was in a position to win yesterday. At the two-yard line, with 19 seconds left on the clock in the fourth quarter. Down four. With a chance to win that football game, get back to two and three. Preparing for an early, easy, quick week against the Chicago Bears in Chicago. But, it was much to the opposite. I want to focus on the positives here, and I want to start with Montez Sweat and Deami Brown, but before we really get into the nitty-gritty of the negatives of this football team, and folks, I hope you are as frustrated as I am to where Washington now has the fourth overall pick in the 2023 draft, and a season that could looks already to be coming off the rails as we sit here again in early October, and it really is disappointing because this is a football team that was expected to be much better this year. They put themselves in a position to be better yesterday, but they cannot execute. It's always the little things. It's the penalties. It's the sacks allowed. It's turnovers. Little things. Wasting timeouts in the middle of the field. Conceptually, what you're doing at the two-yard line. We'll get into all of that later on in this episode. But let's start with Montez Sweat and a guy that finally looked to break out of his shell from what we've seen in his first few years, really, in the NFL. This is something that we've expected Montez Sweat to be since they used a first-round pick out of him. Out of, out of Mississippi State a few years ago. He looked excellent. I feel like Montez Sweat heard our pod last week, criticizing number 90. He has got to be better, and he was on Sunday. He was dominant, especially in that first half. Just absolutely dominant. They tried to put Jeff Swaim on him, blocking in that first quarter. Well, number one rule, you don't block an edge rusher with a tight end. He pushed him back into the backfield and knocked Ryan Tannehill over, Tannehill over with Jeff Swaim's body. It's outstanding play. He was unstoppable all day long. He was second in the team in tackles, so he's making plays out on the edge, not just sack production. Had two sacks. He was excellent. And finally, we got a glimpse of what Sweat can be off the edge. But why has it taken this long? Why did it take him this long to finally flip a switch? This should be every game. This is the player that we were expecting Montez to be years ago. Doesn't matter if Chase is on the field or off the field. 
he had to be the guy every week that he was yesterday. So from that standpoint, it was a positive. I really like what I saw from Montez Sweat yesterday. On the offensive side of the ball, got to give a, a round of applause for Deami Brown. A guy that took on day two last year, someone that has lost snaps to Jahan Dotson, lost snaps seemingly at times to Cam Sims, lost targets to John Bates over the middle of the field. But he was excellent yesterday. Only two catches, went for touchdowns, 105 yards. It's a big place down the field. Beautiful passes from Carson Wentz when he had time in the pocket. Again, another game where I'm not putting it on Carson Wentz. I'm not. Again, we'll get into the schematics down near the goal line of what happened in that fourth quarter. Just an abysmal series of events that happened late in that game. But Carson Wentz was fine yesterday. 25 for 38, 300, almost 60 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Obviously, that late pick to David Long at the goal line. Carson Wentz was good yesterday. He had time, at times, in the pocket, and you could see what he's able to do. Deliver down the field. He spread the ball around a ton. John Bates had three catches. Curtis Samuel had six catches. Terry McLaurin had five catches on six targets. And then, obviously, Deami had the two for 105 and two. A lot of guys got targets yesterday. J.D. McKissick even had seven targets in the passing game. That was second on the team. Five catches, 37 yards. He's spreading the ball around when he had time, and that's telling me he's getting the ball out of his hands early because of the offensive line issues that we saw again yesterday. Nick Martin at center was abysmal. Andrew Norwell at left guard looked like he never played the guard position before. I thought Charles Leonard did a decent job at left tackle. Again, another just... Ugly, 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 bad football from the Commanders yesterday. But Diami and Montez Sweat were the two standouts for me. And good for Diami, someone that has finally stood up, you know, stepped up in his opportunity. Jahan's out. He's going to get targets. He was running Jahan's routes yesterday. Curtis Samuel was the same guy that we've seen in the first four weeks. A lot of orbit motion, working in the slot, getting him in motion, getting those feet going, working over the intermediate areas of the offense. Had a nice deep shot in that first half from Carson Wentz, laying it over the uh, outside shoulder of the corner. It's a really nice throw from Carson and a hookup to Curtis Samuel in that first half. It's a really nice play. But Diami ran Jahan's routes yesterday, and he did a really nice job. Now, every every play didn't have, doesn't have to be a 70-yard hole shot. It doesn't. I wanted, I wanted to see him get a little bit more targets over the shallow areas of the offense where he's running a five-yard dig route and showing me the ability to separate or maybe getting a target in the red zone throughout that game. I didn't see that, like how Scott Turner likes to use Jahan in that red zone. Maybe, you know, obviously he would have helped yesterday near the red zone what they wanted to do schematically because they like using Jahan at the goal line. We've seen that many times this year where he catches touchdowns inside the 10-yard line. We've seen that. We got to focus on the negatives, unfortunately. And it really stems back to penalties, not being disciplined, and just not executing a game plan. And it, and it centers around the fourth quarter because Washington is up 17 14 in that third quarter from that 30 yard hookup from Wentz to, to Brown. They're up 17 14. They're putting themselves in a position to win the football game against a good opponent. The Titans are a good football team. But you look back to that fourth quarter and just an absolute mess. And I, as a coach, you have to put your players in position to win football games. 
I understand you don't have superstars at every single position group in your offense. But for me, you're at the two-yard line with 19 seconds left on the clock. After you burned your last timeout in the middle of the field, one of your timeouts over a dumb challenge for Cam Sims on the sideline. Can't do that there. Timeout management, not good. They wasted time running the clock down from 53 to 36 seconds before calling a timeout in the middle of the field. Penalties, false starts, in the middle of the field, trying to drive down the football field. It's a 90-yard drive from Carson Wentz. And you get down to the two-yard line via a DPI, which was great at the time. Thought you were going to win the football game. You get the two-yard line. You drafted Antonio Gibson for a reason. You drafted Brian Robinson for a reason. That's almost 500 pounds of man between those two guys. Brian Robinson was obviously healthy yesterday to get on the football field more so than they thought he was going to be. So give him the ball. You brought him in to be that physical downhill punch, both in between the 20s and inside the red zone. Give him the football. This is a common trend that we've seen around the NFL where teams like to go shotgun and get tricky near the red zone. Instead of running that 1960s, 70s, old, gritty style of football where the other team knows we're going to run it and we're going to still get in. Now I get it. The offensive line was not great yesterday. Maybe you're worried about a potential non-push from your front five. But you don't need five yards. You don't need seven yards. You need two. And even if you wanted to run a QB sneak, similar to what the Bengals did with Joe Burrow yesterday, he's by no means has the frame of Carson Wentz. The Bengals don't have a great front five right now either. And they got in the Ravens last night had Calais Campbell in the middle of that defense. Six foot seven. Almost 300 pounds. They'll still be able to get in the end zone. Just punch it in. You can reach over and get a yard and a half. But instead, you run the same concept against the same defense. They ran the same look defensively on all three downs that Washington ran near the goal line. The same look. And really... The side of the formation that Carson Wentz was targeting, from a numbers perspective, it was four on two. The opposite side, you had trips, you had bunch against man at the goal line. That's what you game plan for. That's exactly what you want. But Carson Wentz never even looked over at that side. But at the end of the day, why are we in shotgun at the two-yard line? It made me upset. Yesterday, I wasn't in that press conference to ask Ron these questions. He obviously, you can see he was frustrated. But you heard some of those questions being asked. Well, oh, quote, you had to obviously pass it at the goal line with no timeouts. No, you didn't. It doesn't take 19 seconds to run two run plays at the two-yard line. You run it once, you don't get anything. Okay, spike it. Then you got third down and fourth down to execute. Still probably got 10-plus seconds on the clock. The plays that were called at the goal line yesterday, I've been on here talking about what I like from Scott Turner conceptually. He's done a decent job, I thought, this first month of the season offensively, outside of the offensive line. From a concept standpoint in the run game and a concept standpoint in the passing game, I've liked what Scott Turner has done. But we have to tell the truth, right? And the plays that were called three straight targeting J.D. McKissick. Sorry, I like J.D. But... Terry's running a clear-out route over the middle of the field, and he doesn't. He gets rerouted by David Long over the middle of the field. He gets bumped out. J.D. McKissick doesn't even get in the end zone. The concept there was absolutely terrible. And they did the same thing defensively every time running man where David Long would reroute Terry McLaurin and slide over to J.D. McKissick's route. 
And eventually, well, third time's a charm for Tennessee, making the pick on the third opportunity that Carson Wentz was trying to hit JD. But run the football. You're at the two-yard line, you're in shotgun, you're going from the two-yard line already to the six just by running shotgun. Get under center. Carson Wentz is over 220 pounds, six foot five. Put it in the end zone. Be physical. You need two yards to win the football game. I don't care if you go I. I don't care if you have Gibson and Robinson in the backfield at the same time. I don't care if you have to get him in motion and get him in the backfield or line up in shotgun and then put Carson Wentz under center. Run the football. You did not have to pass three times at the goal line. But this is what we talk about. Everything has to come together for this Washington team to win football games. Whether if it's the offense, and if the offense is playing well, then it's the defense. If the defense is playing well, then it's the offense. I thought Washington played a decent football game up until that those final two minutes of the football game. But it's coaching. It's timeout management. It's penalties, which is a discipline and an effort thing and a buy-in thing. And it's what the plays that were called at the goal line. I would have loved to seen Carson Wentz audible if he could have at the goal line there. Teams get so damn cute at the goal line nowadays where they want to pass the ball. Why? I like Terry McLaurin at the goal line. I like Curtis Samuel. That's fine. But you ran a route that just put Terry in the middle of the defense and, and, and no really option there. It was just a clear out route. There was Terry McLaurin was never an option on that play. The trip side was basically irrelevant. Carson never looked over there. I would have even potentially liked to have seen Taylor Heineke come in the game and, and add that RPO option, ability to run the football because he's more dynamic as an athlete than Carson Wentz is right now. Maybe I'm reaching there, but you got to be creative. You had three opportunities. You did. 19 seconds is a ton of time. For those of you that watch basketball, you know how long 19 seconds is. I understand we didn't have any timeouts, but you did not have to throw three times. You got to execute. They didn't execute. But the biggest thing is the play calling there. And it's not a tip of the cap to Tennessee. That's a hell of a play. Diving across J.D. McKissick's face by David Long and making an interception. That's a hell of a play. But you're in the same concept every time. You didn't run it once. You could have ran it. Ah, well, you get you get stuffed. Well, spike it. Still got opportunities. Maybe you run it one time. You get a yard. Then you get Carson Wentz reaching over the goal line. If you have to. I know you're, as a quarterback, you're not taught to reach over the goal line because linebackers want to hit your ribs and knock the football out. You don't usually want to do that, but this is to win a football game in the NFL. A huge game. Huge game to get to two and three. You got an early week. You got to travel to Chicago now on Thursday. A team that's two and three, but they're competitive against the Vikings. They've been competitive early in the year. They beat the Niners earlier this season. But the Commanders right now just look like a team. It's just, it's upsetting because you head into this year and everyone's making fun of the name. What is the Commanders? What is this? What is that? Washington's still going to be bad. I was looking for a season that we were going to lift, you know, raise expectations, raise a banner of optimism for this year. New quarterback, new weapons on the outside. Jahan Dotson's been good this year. Brian Robinson. What a story he was yesterday. But it's still the same crap show that we've been watching so far this year. Four straight losses. And 
really? This football team is a Travis Etienne drop away from being 0-5. Let that sink in. Think about that first game against the Jaguars and Travis Etienne down the sideline. He drops that ball, this team is 0-5. It's a buy-in thing. I don't know where to go from here. I hate being negative. I want to be positive towards this football team because there's talent. Montez Sweat looked great. John Allen looked great. I like what I'm seeing from Deron Payne. Cole Holcomb was all, all over the field yesterday, even though at times it was, you don't want to look and just say, oh, he made a ton of tackles. What was he doing schematically? I'm looking forward to seeing the film and what happened defensively. I, but I thought he was he was decent. He's making plays. He's a guy that flies all over the field. That's all you can ask, right? By no means is he a Luke Keekley or a Bobby Wagner in the middle of the field or a Fred Warner for San Francisco. But he, 55 is running around making plays. I mean, they ran the ball yesterday with success with Derrick Henry. I mean, it wasn't a ton of yards a carry. It wasn't. I mean, but Derrick Henry, no, he didn't have that that 200-yard game that we were talking about with three or four touchdowns. But you know, he went for 102 and two touchdowns. Almost 30 attempts on the ground. I thought Washington did a decent job defensively yesterday. And we even saw some adjustments being made. They benched William Jackson yesterday. Good! Let people know they're not playing well, you're going to be benched. Good. We knew their receivers weren't going to beat anybody. Nick Westbrook was their leading receiver. Two catches, 72 yards. Kyle Phillips, I talked about him being a game changer. He was uninvolved. Well, why? Because Benjamin St. Juice, well, before he was went on the outside and replaced William Jackson, he worked in the nickel a little bit, then went to the outside. And Kyle Phillips was aligned outside, he was aligned inside. Thought Rashad Wild Goose did a decent job yesterday. Kendall Fuller did a fine job yesterday, but we knew their receivers weren't going to beat anybody. Tight ends had no involvement in the game plan for the Titans. Austin Hooper had one catch for seven yards. Jeff Swaim had one catch for five yards. Chickaconqua had one target in the end zone. That's it. It stems through Derrick Henry. And I thought the defense did a fine job. I liked Benjamin St. Juice on the outside. Finally. But why is it taking five weeks? Why? It doesn't have to take that long. We've seen this from all the offseason. But William Jackson's your second highest paid player, making over $10 million this year. And you had to bench him. I was saying, oh, my back hurt, my, my, the, the disc in my back hurt. No, you, you, got, you got your backside benched. That's what happened. You're not playing well. Terrible tackling in that first half, they took you out. Finally, though, right? Making adjustments. And you saw how well the secondary played in that second half. I, I tip my cap when it's due, and, and I, I try to be honest with you guys as possible. Kendall Fuller was fine yesterday. St. Juice was fine yesterday. Ten Hill was 15 for 25 for 180 yards and a touchdown. Game manager. Completed 15 of his 25 passes for 180 yards. That's a high school stat line. Nothing crazy there. But you handed it off 28 times. You managed the clock well. The, our offense... Struggled a little bit in that first half to get going at times in that second quarter. Except for the Deami Brown 75-yard pass. Uh, you know, the offense was stagnant in that second quarter. Tressway punted a ton. A ton. Carson Wentz was dealing with balls at his feet from Nick Martin. I don't think he'll ever start another game for Washington and Ever. We got Tyler Larson coming back this week, but oh, it's Tyler Larson at the end of the day. Tyler Larson. 
Chase Rouillet ain't coming back. So the front five especially has to has to be figured out as well. I know I'm kind of jumping all over here, but this, there's just so many different things, and it really just starts at the top. Because that's coaching yesterday. That's schematic. That's conceptual, what you did at the goal line yesterday and in the middle of the field with wasting timeouts. I don't understand it. You have to run the football at the two-yard line. There's 19 seconds left on the clock. You do not have to throw the ball. I know that's the common trend. I know that's what everyone else wants to make you think if you're on social media right now. There's two seconds on the clock. You have two big backs. You drafted for a reason. You brought Andrew Norwell in the building for a reason. Run behind him if you have to. Or if not, give Carson Wentz the football and have him get a yard and a half just by reaching forward. Do something. Run the football. But conceptually doing the same thing over and over and over again. I said it multiple podcasts ago that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again expecting a different result. Yesterday could be classified as insanity at the end of that football game. I know all of you guys were excited about getting a win. You'd think two yards, 19 seconds off the clock, my offense can get two yards. It's never easy for us, is it? Following the Burgundy goal, we know it's never easy. We're never going to win a game 31-15 and, been, and know we're going to win until you know, the third quarter is rolling. It's never easy in D.C. We know that. But this is why we come back each and every week. Because I know you guys out there are faithful. But you want to see a better product on the football field. And you deserve that. And we all do. But th- th- this is... Everyone's talking for Ron's head. Turner's head. Del Rio. I hope you're not in the Carson Wentz train for trying to pull him. It is not his fault, ladies and gentlemen. It's not. You see what he can do when he has time. You saw it in week one. You saw it in week two. Quarterback's got to have time to deliver down the field. The run game was non-existent yesterday. Just just non-existent. Brian Robinson led the team in carries. Nine attempts, 22 yards. Five carries, Carson Wentz, 15 yards. And Tony Gibson had three carries, six yards. Didn't even crack 41 yards in the ground. 43, whatever it is. It's just terrible. No run game. We talked about that heading into the week as far as where this team's going to win the football game. You got to run the ball, opens play action. They still took their shots. I give Turner that. Diami was excellent down the field. Excellent. Beat his man one-on-one. That's all you got to do, right? Beat your man. Win your matchup. That's what he did well. There's just, there's just so many things that Washington has to improve upon. And I don't know if they can all be fixed now. What do you do with Rivera? Because they're not buying in. Every game is like this. A squeak uh, has to be a squeaker for you to punch and pull it out and you go to the two-yard line. Do that? You go in Chicago. Then you're hosting Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers who just got upset. I'm not going to use that word. I'm not upset. Everyone's in the NFL for a reason. Beat to the, beat against the Giants in London. They're going to be playing inspired football the next few weeks. You know that. Washington's had some decent luck against Green Bay at home in recent years. You think back to that Kirk Cousins game on Sunday Night Football in the win when he threw for th- three touchdowns, and that was a while ago. I hate looking back almost seven, eight years, but that's what we have to look up, look back to as far as positives. But from the run game to the offensive line, which correlate together, to the play calling and that's in that fourth quarter and that two-minute drive was... 
just a culmination of everything that's gone wrong this year. And I don't know where to go. I don't know where to go. Because at the end of the day, you're not even halfway through the season yet. This is five games in. Five games. Chase Young hasn't even been on the field yet. You're calling for Heineke. You're calling for Howell. What's that going to change? Offensive line can't protect anybody. doesn't matter if you were playing quarterback. But from the top down, it's a buy-in thing. You have to be buying in. And especially on this roster, when you have talent and the ability to win football games, the Titans aren't a bad football team. They're a good football team. They're expected to win the AFC South this year. Expected to be in the playoffs. Expected to potentially win a couple playoff games. They're a good football team. Are they the same football team they were a few years ago? No. They didn't even have their first rounder in Traylon Burks playing yesterday at wideout. Would that would have helped? Of course. 100%. But for Washington, where do we go? It's again another season we're hearing the same stuff. It's a lack of discipline. It's penalties. It's an inability to cover both the second and the third level. The run game is off and on. Now it's coaching. Now it's what you're doing conceptually. We talked about it all year long as far as what the defense is doing, and now we've got to look at the offense. I just want a football game where both sides play well, all three units, offense, defense, and teams. They all come together and mesh in one football game. Is that too much to ask? Just play one football game where every unit looks like a competitive football team. Where just something goes right for a full 60 minutes. We haven't had that in years. Another year where we start one and four. One and four is not good. Because you look at the division, you got a long way to go just to be even competitive now. The Eagles are undefeated. Dallas is four and one. The Giants are four and one. And the Commanders are one and four. The Eagles, the Giants, and the Cowboys, six and oh the last two weeks. Washington, oh and two. All of the years past, when Washington was even decently competitive as you work into the back half of the year, it's always relying on other people to lose. Well, when you win football games yourself, you don't have to worry about other people losing. Just win football games. I know a lot of you guys out there, oh, we need the Giants to lose this morning. We got to win football games. We ever want to be competitive. And this is year three. These are Ron's guys. It's not getting it done. Because at the end of the day, you still only scored 17 points yesterday. You allowed 21. You think you'd be able to win with that. But if you can't protect and you can't execute in high leverage downs in the, the meat of a football game inside 20 seconds at the two-yard line, you're not going to win football games. I have no answers right now. I don't know what's going to happen with Ron Rivera. I don't know. But I do know is that Carson Wentz deserves opportunity to lead this football team under center. I will tell you that. And I am looking forward, hopefully, to Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson getting going in the backfield. That has to get better if this offense wants to reach its performance ceiling. I do want Jahan to get healthy. I do need Logan Thomas to be available over the middle of the field. He would have helped at the goal line yesterday. I'm not asking to throw fades four times. I'm not. The old Josh Dotson days. I'm not asking to do that. But to run the same thing three times and expect different results is mind-boggling. And to not run the football when you have a Brian Robinson and you have Antonio Gibson, I don't care what the offensive line is doing. You don't need five yards. You don't need six. You don't need seven. You need two. You need six feet. You reach over, you jump. That's a yard and a half at least. You got big backs 
in, on your roster. Give them an opportunity to win the football game. It was almost scripted yesterday for Brian Robinson to win that football game. On his first game, his NFL debut of what happened this offseason, give him the damn ball and let him win you a football game. I guarantee you there's not a man one-on-one on that Titan sideline that was able to stop him. You give him the ball at that goal line yesterday. I don't care if it's a defensive lineman, a linebacker, or safety, a corner. I don't care. You give him the ball at the goal line. You let him win you the football game. Bottom line, you did not have to throw it. You did not. You got cute and you lost the football game. The bottom line. I don't know where to go. It's just heading into week six. The same crap we've been seeing since last year, the year prior. This is year three, and nothing's been changing, and I don't know where to go from here. But that is going to do it for today's episode. A lot of negatives. We have to focus on the negatives of where to go with this football team. I don't want to talk about the 2023 draft just yet. I don't want to. You hear about, oh, here's CJ Stroud. Let's talk about him. Let's talk about Bryce Young. We're not doing that just yet. You guys will hear my opinions on that as we move forward into the winter and into the spring. What we're trying to focus on right now and get better as a football team, and what we're seeing is not good football. And I don't know what Washington has to do from a whole roster perspective and a conceptual and a coaching standpoint for them to be actually competitive and win football games in this league. We know it's not easy to win to win games in the NFL. It's not easy. The Chiefs make it look easy. The Bills have been making it look easy. It's not that easy. I promise you guys that. But when you have opportunities and you need to get two yards, you get two yards because you have the bodies to do so. You don't get cute and try to outthink yourself. You do the simple things well and you execute the fundamentals of the game and usually that turns out well for you. But if you're committing penalties, you're blowing timeouts over the middle of the field and you put yourself in a position where you are 19 seconds and no timeouts to be a little bit more creative, then, well, you find yourself in a position you lose 21-17 and you're 1-4 and four in year three of the Rivera experiment, if you will. But right now, things are just focusing, all just all headed downhill again. And I'm tired of it heading downhill. I want some positivity for you guys and heading into, as you guys are burgundy and gold faithful for as long as you've been. We need positives in this city. I don't know where it's going to come from. I like Carson Wentz. I like the weapons on the outside. I really like what I saw from the front four yesterday and the last few weeks. Jamin Davis is, is getting better. He's not the best linebacker in the world. This is year two. I'm the biggest proponent of player development. But there have been some positives. Benjamin St. Juice has been a positive. But there are so many things that have to be corrected for this team to ever reach its ceiling. And I don't know if it's under Ron Rivera. So that's going to do it for today's episode. As always, I greatly appreciate you guys tuning in. Win, loss, or tie. We're one and four here, but I appreciate taking your time to listen to my thoughts on this football team. And hopefully we have more positive thoughts as we head in to the Chicago Bears. I will have a preview of the Bears this Thursday out for you guys in the afternoon. Enjoy your week. I hope you guys enjoy Monday Night Football tonight. I will talk to you on Thursday. If you don't follow me already, I'm on Twitter, underscore Ryan Fowler. All my written work is housed at thedraftnetwork.com. Again, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Always appreciate your time. I will talk to you on Thursday. I'm Ryan Fowler from The Draft Network, and this is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.